We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is KCSN Update, our daily Chief show and podcast presented by our friends at DraftKings. Thanks for hanging out today. I'm BJ Kissel, former Chiefs reporter, and now I'm working with more than 25 others trying to build a new outlet for Kansas City sports fans here at KC Sports Network. We appreciate you for hanging out. Please hit that like and subscribe and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Now, it's Tuesday, and you know that means we'll be joined by The Athletic's Nate Taylor. So let's not waste any time and let's just bring Nate on right now. Nate, you're back from Cincinnati. Uh, before we get into our five burning questions for you, and a couple of these are going to be pretty burning. I'm not going to lie on this mm-hmm. one. Uh, how was the trip? Give us a little, give us a story for those who only watched it on TV and, and weren't there in person. Yeah. So um, Cincinnati Stadium. A Paycor Stadium, I guess is what they call it now, based on the corporate sponsor. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's a unusual place. Uh, obviously, it's, it's right off the river, but it doesn't have like the appeal of like Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of old school. Uh, it, you feel cramped in there, kind of. Uh, I get the sense that it's a it's becoming a hostile environment. I think Beagles fans mm-hmm. are obviously like juiced up uh by what they're seeing joe burrow and the rest of the team do um i think zach taylor is a very good coach um as the season sort of wears on here but um i will always remember cincinnati for this bj i got on the one the uno direct flight from kansas city to cincinnati on saturday um the plane left at 7 a.m so i was bright and early (laughs) we land uh, you can't you get to your hotel usually that early in the morning, obviously, because there are obviously guests. But it's like, well, I guess I'm going to watch the World Cup match between USA and Netherlands in Cincinnati's airport. And <laughs> there's like joy and optimism amongst all these um, 
people just, you know, there, either obviously they're leaving Cincinnati or they're coming to Cincinnati early. Obviously, there was yep. a lot of Chiefs fans on my flight. And so it was cool to see, like, Fox, you know, show uh, P&L, show the city, yeah. the, the amount of, you know, joy and enthusiasm and belief uh, and knowing that, like, wow, I'm not even in my city. And like, I feel, like, very <laughs> prideful and, and joy. Um, and then yeah man when they go when they go on those counterattacks, it's 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 nightmarish uh so i'll always remember i always remember where i was when the usa beat um angola in mm-hmm. 2010 because i was an intern at the boston globe at the time and the amount of euphoria that sort of swept mm-hmm. you know everybody that summer uh oh my god we're gonna make the knockout route to to um you know this very young exciting u.s team um just getting out class by, by hey by the Netherlands a very a very a very good opponent so um, yeah those those are my two trips I know we're going to talk a little bit about what the locker rooms like I don't want to necessarily give that away um yeah. this early but yeah I've watched <laughs> USA Netherlands in Cincinnati's airport at 10 a.m. What am I doing? Yeah. I caught a very small piece of it. We were tailgating before the Big yes. 12 championship game. Of course. And, yes, which you uh, told me about. Yeah. Yes. And they were, <laughs> we were with a bunch of friends of ours uh, that lived down there. And there was one van that had like TVs hooked up in it. And all the kids were in there watching the soccer game. And we said, give us updates. Like, just tell us if something happens. We'll come in and watch the replay. And we were all out uh, talking, <sighs> catching up with uh, a lot of friends and former teammates that I played baseball with in college. So it was pretty cool to to see a bunch of people down there. But um, yeah, I, one thing I love about that scenario that you just said of like a bunch of strange, I call them fringers. I made up yeah. that word a long time ago. That's they're a, like good word. Yeah. friends, but they're strangers, but you're collectively rooting for the same thing. So you're high-fiving and talking to them like your long lost pals. We're like, but shoot, like, shoot, like, shoot. <laughs> we, can, we can attack. We cannot score. <laughs> yeah. I, I know that I've got a, a brand and I... I'm enjoying learning more about soccer. Uh, it's not been a sport that I spend a ton of time watching, but obviously I'm going to root for anything that's Kansas City. We've got the network now, yeah. uh, the channel now that we've got our soccer shows with no other pod with those guys. And then Allie Trost uh, has got her show. Yes, um, shout out to Allie. Yes, they do. They're already doing a phenomenal job, and it's another nice thing just to, to not have to worry about. Like They've got soccer covered, and we're going to be in a good spot there. But um, Matt Lane and I have always joked that we were going to start a – a soccer show called just fucking kick it because <laughs> when I watch soccer, that's pretty much all I end up yelling when they dribble around the goal. And it's like, just fucking kick it. And on social media during the game, I had people tag cause we talked about that on 21 questions and a few other shows that were like tagging us. And then the discord was tagging us saying like, this is literally playing out to be perfect for yep. that show. If it ever happens, maybe start off as a segment sometime. Mm-hmm. Cause neither one of us know anything about soccer really. <laughs> um, but that doesn't stop most of America from becoming soccer analysts, you know, every four years when this stuff goes down. Uh, but I actually, anyway, I actually enjoy that part. I'm like, look, uh, you know, people have their things about like the NBA. People have their things about postseason baseball. Like you haven't watched all 162. But as soon as like it gets to October, you're just like, how can he pitch? How can he pitch hit that guy? How? How? You know, and all of a <laughs> yeah. sudden, you know, like the sixth and the seventh guy in the bullpen and you're like. Oh, he's been terrible all year. And it's like you haven't watched like what? It, like you don't know the matchups, but that is kind of that is kind of the beauty of sports. Is like you get yeah. really invested. You know it matters, and uh, and yeah, and then you're like just 
you know, this is outside of Christian Pulisic, who is wonderful. Yeah. He is awesome. But anybody else who got anywhere near the box, j- just shoot, man. Just, just <laughs> shoot it. Yeah, we uh, it is a bring it back to football here. But uh, because you said that I used to not on camera off to the side when I was at the Chiefs, there would be like these prevailing narratives on social media. So they'd step <laughs> off to the side and some of them I wouldn't necessarily agree with. But I'm like, mm. I see that. Like, let me ask that question. But I don't want to mm. like, necessarily put the coach on blast or ask it in a way that seems disrespectful or whatever right. it is. And if my job is to ask the question, get the right answer and then put that information out, I, don't, I can do that in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And so the coaches would come off to the side. It was always coordinated. It wasn't coach. Reed. Uh, you know that, but people listening might not. <laughs> so the coordinators would step off to the side, not ask them. And this is why, like when you say that saying, you know, why don't they just do this? Why don't they do that? If you ask somebody who plays or like knows, and they give you like the actual reasoning, it will be so far above, and this isn't like demeaning when I say this, but their knowledge of the game is so much higher that mm-hmm. it's like, why don't they just run the football? Like if I ask like one of the coordinators, like why wouldn't you just run the football? The reasoning that they would explain to me is something that you would not be able to respond with because you'll realize how much more they know about what's happening on the field and yes. why they're doing certain things. Yeah. These people are very, very good at what they do. It doesn't stop. I mean, we're creating an entire network where we talk mm-hmm. about things. We facilitate intelligent discussion as best we can. Uh, but I always remember taking a few of the coordinators. Doug Peterson was one of the guys that mm-hmm. was always really good. He'd be like, Doug, like, this is what people are like. Why don't you just do this? And then you go on for like two minutes. And like, all right. <laughs> all right. I get it. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. coaching's, coaching's hard. Like, oh, oh coaching's, coaching's really difficult based on what you guys have a lot of. Me. You have a lot of information, and if you do this, then they do that, and it puts you in a situation that's less favorable based on the matchups, based on your scouting of yeah. you know what's going to happen. So anyway, yeah. let's talk a little bit about this game between the Chiefs and the Bengals. And my first burning question for you, Nate, three losses to the Bengals by a total of nine points. So these Ooh. games have been close, yes. but I've got to ask, are the Chiefs capable of beating the Bengals? Oh, for sure. Yeah, they're capable. Okay. Are they the better team? Not yet. Not right now. Uh, we found them, guys. We found them. We found a team in the AFC that is clearly better than the Bengals. And, you know, the first game, it was like, hey, that was cool. That, by the way, the Bengals needed that game more than the Chiefs, even though the Chiefs were trying to win the one seed last year. Okay, fine. Yeah. That team needed the game more. Some weird things happened. Um, you know, the, the Chiefs never got the ball back. Okay, fine. Like, weird game. They needed the game more. They're trying to make the playoffs. Makes sense. You could almost say the same thing about this game on Sunday. True. We can make, I'll make that case when you're done. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. The AFC Championship game? Yeah, they're going to be talking for that. Talking about that for decades, kids. Uh, now, the point I made, you know, last week when I was talking to Jay Morrison and Paul uh, Diener, our guys at The Athletic who cover the Bengals, was did the Bengals sort of sneak up on the Chiefs? Because, uh, you know, the Chiefs were up 21-3, to three, and unfortunately they relaxed because they're like, we've been to back-to-back Super Bowls, so we'll just go to a third. Um, and the Bengals sort of snuck up, snuck up on them in the second half and obviously uh, won the game. Well, I was saying, like, they can't sneak up on them a third time you know, the, the circumstances are different. It's a it's slightly different teams, but obviously they have much of the core guys are back. They're just better. Like, they just played better in the fourth quarter. You know, the Chiefs had a chance to um, extend their lead, and Travis Kelsey fumbled. 
nobody else on the Bengals made a mistake similar that gave the ball to the Chiefs. You know, Tyler Boyd drops a easy touchdown pass, but they still scored mm-hmm. points on that drive. The yeah. Chiefs didn't score points in the fourth quarter. So when I look at it from a big picture standpoint, it's like, well, maybe the Bills are better. But there's always that maybe. Mm-hmm. For three games now, it's pretty much unrefutable that the Bengals are the better team, even if it is by a close margin that you just mentioned, nine total points. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the Chiefs are capable of beating the Bengals in a rematch in January if that is to happen. But right now, um, the Bengals have probably a matchup edge, and they're starting to get a psychological edge just because – They've done something that no other AFC team has done in the Mahomes era. Yeah. At some point, now I'll make the case that I believe at some point, and I think we're at it now, if they, these two teams meet again, all of the momentum, all of the confidence is going to be on the Bengals side, and everyone's going to be doubting the Chiefs and the amount of shit that's going to be talked by everybody leading into that game. <laughs> and you know how these guys are wired, at least mm-hmm. to focus on all those kind of – doubting them going into a playoff game. I I feel like that could, a- I'm not saying it's going to be good for the Chiefs, but based on – the way in which, and this goes into my second question, I don't want to uh-huh. get quite there, but the way they talked throughout the week, they weren't feeling like an underdog. They mm-hmm. were feeling like the bully who was like, we're going to go take care of business. We're the Chiefs. We're going to go do this. And they got punched in the mouth and didn't have a response in that kind of way. And that's mm-hmm. what frustrated me most in watching the game is you talked all of this and then you're missing tackles. You're doing things defensively, not, sh- not coming out. You went out and blitzed and you couldn't get home and you got torched. You sat back and you couldn't rally to tackle. Like yep. it's a horrible combination. It was just a bad game. And this happens. doesn't mean that it's going to continue on. I think that kind of happens for about 36 hours. Everybody makes big mm-hmm. proclamations on, well, now they suck. Like, no, they don't suck. They lost by three <laughs> points on the road to a really good football team. Right. Uh, and we saw the margin of error and they didn't, they're not so good that they can play as poorly as they did and not play better. I'd say offensively compared to what we saw in the second half of the playoff game, that was significantly better uh, mm-hmm. for the chiefs offense in that game. But you know, we'll, we'll move into the second question. All this stuff's going to come up at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're there every day, obviously with the team, you know, this, the fabric of this chiefs team uh, better than anyone else who covers this team. How bad of a look, to you was it because you were there when they said these things you talked to the guys about it how bad of a look is it to talk tweet do the things that they did and justin reed's kind of talking about it more now on social media we'll get to that mm-hmm. um but for the things that were said and tweeted out how bad a look is it to come out and then play the way not that's that they lost but to play that the way that they did on that side of the football um on defense yeah so if the chiefs go into a playoff game against the Bengals in, I don't know, six, seven weeks from now, they will be considered the underdog for all the mentions you, you all the reasons you just mentioned, BJ. Mm-hmm. It will be the first time I think the Chiefs will be doubted since Mahomes' first playoff game against the Indianapolis Colts in 2018. That's the first time I can really think back to like, oh, well, you know, they got Andrew Luck and like, I don't know, man, like it's going to be a tight game and we haven't seen Mahomes do it in the postseason. You know, he's he's obviously going to win the MVP award, but like, hey, playoff football, a little different. Um, that's the last time I can really remember a large majority of analysts, of reporters, of even fans saying, uh, we have doubts and we need to see you prove it. That's mm-hmm. will, that will be the case, especially on defense for this team um, for such a game. 
what's wild to me, BJ, is um, Chris Jones says they were the catalyst for my entire offseason. Justin Reed says, um, I'm going to lock them up. I'm going to lock them down straight up. Uh, and they were soft. And he's a finesse guy uh, being Hayden Hurst, um, who unfortunately didn't finish the game because of an, of an injury. Right. Um, you got Willie Gay sort of bumping the music, getting everybody hyped on Friday after the practice. You know, he's the one that controls the stereo <laughs> in the locker room. He's playing music to get everybody's, um, you know, just to let everybody feel like such a confidence on Friday um, with Willie Gay playing music to get everybody like, you know, just energized. Hey, we just finished our last practice. The game plan is in. We are going to handle these gentlemen. Like that mm-hmm. was the vibe in the locker room on Friday to, as you mentioned, I don't know where Spagnola could have went at times. He dropped eight. Yeah. Like the Bengals did at times he blitzed. They picked it up. As you said, Hey, let's keep everything in front of us and rally to the football. Well, um, some people didn't, didn't tackle to their capabilities. It's wild that the, that the players who talked, I felt the least because of course they had nothing else to do. were the rookie cornerbacks. And yet they were the ones that you feel (laughs) probably the most, you know, positive about, this game, even though you knew based on the matchups, well, yeah, they're going to have like their lumps along the way, but they didn't get embarrassed. Right. These veterans feel like they got embarrassed on Sunday. Um, so for Justin Reed to come out and apologize after the game for Frank Clark to basically guarantee that we will not look like that again, this for the red, for the remainder of the season, let alone yeah. if it's against the Bengals or not um, for Nick Bolton to basically say like they attacked the middle of our defense. And that's like, like you, can, I don't know if people got it after the game, but he's he's intimating the idea that like they chose us, they really didn't choose the rookies. Like they chose to go right through the middle of our defense, mm-hmm. um, and that's concerning because no no team has really done that this season in that particular way. So when you look at it, it's 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 a quiet locker room because they lost, but now you got to go through the idea of like they might be better than you, and you need to like acknowledge that sooner rather than later, and. For all that talk, for all that sort of belief that the team had, um, at the end of the day, you still got to execute. And they had to just realize that, like, they did not execute as well as they could have, given that I don't think the scheme can change. You know, it's funny, BJ, you mentioned how you talk to, like, a Doug Peterson or you talk to these coaches. But when you face a team three times in the same year and it's much of the same guys, like, I don't know what else, like, change-ups you can get. So yeah. now it really comes down to, can you just execute? Because we know the players. We know yeah. what they can do. You know, the Bengals tried to test Trent McDuffie. We don't want to do that anymore. Okay. <laughs> we feel like our matchup is more with Joshua Williams. Okay. Well, Joshua Williams in coverage is pretty good in two and a half seconds. It's the yeah. post two and a half that lets, you know, Jamar Chase get to his third move, basically. And no cornerbacks covering Jamar Chase for longer than two and a half seconds. Let's be honest. Exactly. Like, like, there's, five, there's six guys in the league that you can't do that with, and he's one of those dudes. Guys, one of one of Joshua Williams' best reps is on the longest game of the game for the Bengals. It's a 40-yard catch where Jamar Chase runs a inside move, an outside move, then goes back to the outside again, and 
Joshua Williams falls down because he's just like, I can't. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, he's, yeah. do, he's doing like three moves. <laughs> why is he catching the ball? <laughs> and why is he still running? <laughs> it's because the blitz didn't get home. They, they put a five-man pressure. I got two safeties behind me. Neither one of them tackles. So it's com- it comes down to execution. And they, they need to realize um, – they need to realize that they got to execute better, you know, starting Sunday against the, the Broncos and then obviously be ready for a potential rematch. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. I'm looking through, and I had mentioned a bit ago about social media and what was being said on it right now. This is as of this morning, at the time that we're recording on Tuesday morning, that Justin Reed had tweeted out, unpopular opinion, we lost, but I was still right. Cry about it. And then... Uh, friend of the program and host of one-on-one Jeff Allen, former chief uh, mm-hmm. responded with this PFF grade of, he basically did lock him down. He played very well in coverage. He uh, did only allowed one reception. Um, but most of us remember him getting, you know, stiff armed at the line of scrimmage multiple times. And then the camera zooming in on Justin Reed getting talked by Samaje Pirine, uh, whoever had the ball at that time where mm-hmm. that's more, you call another player soft. And then this is the tackling side and this PFF tackling grade is like 32, uh, which isn't the worst of the year, but hasn't been great in tackling this year, but in coverage was absolutely right. Uh, yeah. But based but- on the response on social media right now, it didn't do any good. <laughs> that tweet no, did not that no, tweet did not okay. help anything um, um people look, are upset just has got a lot of pride and we are seeing his personality as the season moves along it's 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 a it's an interesting development that i didn't necessarily anticipate 
Um, just given how smart he is when he does talk about the game and the, the X's and O's and the matchups, um, which yeah. is honestly, ladies and gentlemen, that's why we went to him uh, last Wednesday. <laughs> to, like, hey, man, you're, you're real smart. <laughs> like, you, you understand football at a level that is obviously supreme, but you can still talk to us in a manner that, like, I'm learning something as I'm talking to Justin Reed, which is what, you know, which is what I want all the time. Uh, hey, you weren't a part of this rivalry before, but now you're into it. You know, just what do you see? What do you think? What do you feel like you could have done, you know, differently? So he gives, you know, honest answers, which is what you always enjoy. And you feel like he came away learning something um, as to, like, what he's thinking, what he's seeing in a, in a potential game. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're learning more about him, given that he's one of the leaders of the defense. And, you know, BJ, uh, one Sorry, thing – I'm looking through all the comments right now, and it's all over now. Like Jeff Schwartz oh. is responding, all the former players are responding. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm wondering what Jeff said. Oh, <laughs> he just gave the the I, I can't do the face, but it's like the emoji, like the not great, like what are you doing kind of deal. Um, um, without saying that. Now, quietly, the Bengals talked to Justin Reed loudly, but quietly. In the second half, they wanted the other safety involved all the time mm-hmm. in coverage. So, <laughs> you know, I'm just – Justin Reed was not the issue on Sunday, by and large, compared to his teammates, compared yeah. to his uh, compadre in the deep back end. So, yeah. just uh, – when you watch the Bengals line up, Where's the other safety, and how can we use this to our advantage? That's disappointing. It was a huge year for him, and hopefully, he can step up and make some plays. But it hasn't been as great as we many of us had hoped uh, for twenty two this season. But when you play a game, and this is what I was trying to convey on the post game show, because a lot of times for fa- like Chiefs fans, like I'm probably for a lot of people, like the worst person to listen to in those moments. Cause it's like, it's just one game. It's not a big yep. thing. It's consistent now that it's the Bengals. So yes, it's a little bit more like they definitely have our number. This is definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. But if Travis Kelsey doesn't get the ball pulled out of him by like seven dudes pulling at, him, and those are the ones you just kind of live with. Like it wasn't like he was being like dumb with the ball or did some stupid, like those guys made mm-hmm. a play on it. If the third and 11, like Josh Williams hand moves like, two inches the other way and deflects that pass who knows what happens in that game and all of a sudden the narrative completely shifts if the chiefs make two more plays in that game that all of a sudden we're talking about the mvs back to back like his big deep ball mm-hmm. catches down the middle we're talking about carlos dunlap's play on the goal line at the end of the first half we're talking about juju smith schuster uh stiff arming a db on fourth down mm-hmm. uh to extend that drive like all these little plays that all of a sudden get completely forgot about because we're so frustrated about what justin reed said and now what justin reed's saying again and all these other things that you forget all these plays that put him in a position to be ready and have a chance to win a football game and i do think there is something to be said for as you know you give the other guys credit but defensively chiefs played very poorly in so many ways and some of it's credit to them, but you're a good football team. You should play significantly better than that. Frank Clark talked about that after the game Yeah, um, that you only lost by three on the road to a team that is your like block between that and the bills. Those are the two teams you're going to have to beat to get to the, AFC, sure. or to get to the yeah. super bowl. And you mm-hmm. have to like, if you're going to win a super bowl, you got to earn it. And those are the two teams didn't play very well in that game and only lost by three. So it's not, 
you know, everything's okay, but it's not everything is as bad as everybody wants to make it seem because we're not <laughs> blowing everybody out by 21 points every week. Let's move on. To, unless you've got another thought on this. We'll no, no, no. On. It's it's so true. Like, I'm just, I'm happy you say it because you're the voice of reason. Um, and, and people, and people should read <laughs> Maybe on people. Tuesdays, people are okay with it. On Mondays, people don't want to hear it. <laughs> hey, but that, you know, but that's, everything you said is true. Um, and people should, should, Keep that in mind as the season moves along. Chiefs are nine and three. They're still atop. I still think. uh, Actually, I don't want to take away question number four. So we'll we'll wait for that burning question. Let's move on to number three. Hmm. This is uh, less heavy compared to the last one's Nate. This is more newsy. Update us. Chiefs are without Joe Tooney and Kadarius Tony in this game. How close do you think we are to seeing those guys back? So here's where it gets tricky for me um, because. Joe Tooney was a full participant in practice all of last week. So the, mm. the expectation was that he was going to play on Sunday. I think the chiefs were somewhat surprised that uh, he couldn't go given just Joe Tooney's reputation, which I used to call him. I mean, I still do. I mean, I used <laughs> to just call him a robot. Like he's so systematically good. He's so systematically reliable. His technique is flawless at times when he's healthy um, so you never really hear about Joe Tooney because he's just a robot and he's really good. He's a at, at the time when the Chiefs signed him, he was the highest paid left guard. And yeah. then you know, I think a lot of people praised Joe Tooney when he had to move to left tackle because of Orlando Brown's calf injury in the first game against the Bengals. That it was like, oh, this Joe Tooney guy's pretty good. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you, you guys don't you guys don't recognize him just because he's out of his normal robot like position because he's so yeah. good and technically sound. Um, so we'll see how it goes with him. Uh, this ankle injury is the first, like, I guess, legitimate injury that has forced him to miss the field. You know, when he didn't play against the Rams, that was his first career miss game. Uh, even though he's into year seven now, I believe in his career, I think he had five years with the, with the New England Patriots, a Super Bowl champion with them two years now with the chiefs. Um, so even if he's a full participant, I guess you got to walk that line all the way up to kickoff because Nick Allegretti told me after the Rams game that he didn't know he was going to play until two hours before kickoff. So even Joe Tooney thought he was going to play against the Rams and they were pretty sure that he was going to go against the Bengals. Um, So it's not significant enough that he's going to go on IR unless he had a real, real setback, which I have Mm -hmm. not been told that. Um, And of course you have to think, and this is where when you get to like early December, it gets difficult do we think about the game that's in place in front of us or do we think about long-term because we are going to be in the playoffs. All of a sudden we might go from two playoff games to having to play three playoff games to get to the Super Bowl. If mm-hmm. we just sit you down one more week, you know, how does that affect, you know, how, how quickly you can come back and just, you know, make sure that that doesn't re-aggravate um, your ankle injury. But yeah, it's, it's going to be something to watch. Um, from a professional standpoint, Kadarius Tony, if everything goes away, it goes all right. Kadarius Tony should play on Sunday. Okay. Now we all know Andy Reid will treat it as accordingly. Uh, get him into the flow. Give him some personnel packages, specific plays. You know, there is still like it's tough because uh, we didn't talk to Juju Smith Schuster after the game. Um, hmm. I'm assuming he was receiving treatment immediately upon the game ending because of his neck and and obviously what happened with his helmet on that fourth down play that you mentioned um 
but they really haven't had a full Juju Smith-Schuster game since his concussion, since the Jacksonville Jaguars game. Mm-hmm. But Kadarius Tony, uh, you know, I think is moving along just fine. I don't think it's a major thing. Of course, I've talked to some of the people from the New York Giants. <laughs> you get the same sort of vibe. It's like, well, it's yeah. a hamstring. It takes a few weeks. You know, don't make it bigger than it needs to be. But then you look at it, and it's like, well, he didn't play half the games available to him when he was a part of the New York Giants. But he should be back this week. Unless I, something unless something happens where he also okay. has a setback, if that makes sense. I thought it was really interesting. I don't know how much other people had discussed this because I haven't really analyzed it with all the snap counts and all those kinds of things that yeah, that information's out there now. But it felt like the first time in a long time that a chunk maybe or a, a section of the playbook for Andy Reid wasn't necessarily available because of the types of plays that you would see McCole Hardman. We expect McCole Hardman to run when he's there, but Kadarius Tony running yep. those same plays. That's what Tyree Kill used to do. Before Tyree Kill, it was DeAnthony Thomas. They always had a guy that could do those jet sweeps and those little scissor routes and a lot of those things. Not that the other receivers can't run them, but it's not the skill set that creates such a mismatch on linebackers and safeties in the way that McColl yes. and that Tony have. So, and I know Joe Mixon did not play for the Bengals. He's not making excuses for the Chiefs because mm-hmm. offensively, I thought they played better. I don't want to know what would have happened with Joe Mixon running. Samaj P. Ryan, solid running back, but he had over 100 yards. I don't want to know how many yards Joe Mixon would have had if he played in that game because uh, he's a better player. <clears throat> but I'm curious on a rematch or this Chiefs offense with McColl and with Tony. They need those guys back. They need they really that do. part of Andy Reid's offense yeah. to get back in there. But let's move on to the next question and – because we just got, I'm going to switch up the numbers. Uh, not that you know what these are anyway. Anybody listening, he does not know what I'm about to ask him. Uh, I'm switching the two. So I said, I'm going to get to number four in a second. I'm going to make uh-huh. that the fifth. We just got done talking about the offensive line. You and I have talked about the left side of that offensive line. And this is a burning question for you, Nate. And I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. But does Orlando Brown Jr. play for the Chiefs in 2023? If you had to say right now. Right now? There's not a podcast version of freezing cold takes, and we will not clip this. <laughs> for but I, your gut feeling right now, based on it, it's one of the more fascinating storylines. Mm-hmm. And don't because of how much was discussed going into the season, you just kind of forget about it. Everybody complains about it, but it's going to be one of those. What does Brett, what do Brett Veach and company do? Trading high assets, not giving him the deal when they first made that trade, franchising him not coming up with the deal and based on the reports out there of what they offered him and now what he was asking for question is, would they even go back and offer him now what they originally did? He's a, they can make, you know, he's a year older. You can't offer him the same deal because he's a year older as a player. They can make reasons why they pull that offer back off the table. But man, do you expect him to be in a chief's uniform next season? The uncertainty tells me no. Um, this is – I didn't see the development going this way, um, mm-hmm. BJ. So I'm I'm trying to be reasonable here with this – with my answer to a fascinating question, and I'm glad you asked it um, <laughs> because it's been on my mind since Sunday. Um, it's, it's third and three on a three-man rush. You cannot get beat on that play. You just – you can't. 
Mm-hmm. And when Orlando gets beat, it's it's not in a die by a slow death fashion, which mm-hmm. is what I've come to learn and really respect and value with offensive live play. If you watch the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday, all they're trying to do is die a slow death. And what I mean by that is you're not trying to dominate at the snap of, of, of you know, at the snap of the ball necessarily, but you are just staying between your man and the quarterback, giving your quarterback a chance to move up, to slide left, slide right. Hell, if we got to hold him, hold him. Yeah. And so if you're getting beaten in this fashion um, in the most critical snap of the game for the offense outside of Travis Kelsey's fumble, BJ, did he play well against the, the, the Bills? I want to say no. Did he play well against the Bengals? Well, if the one player I remember is a catastrophic play, then the answer is no. And that's unfortunate, but that's the reality of the position that you want to play. The left tackle has to be sound as much as he absolutely can be for the entire game. Um, there was a game in week two on a Thursday night where Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa got to Orlando Brown. Now Orlando Brown played a lot better in the rematch against the chargers. I thought in year two with the system and understanding of Patrick Mahomes, you would not see a snap like you saw on third and three with the game on the line late in the fourth quarter. I don't know what rookie tackle can come in through the draft and be a serviceable to a plus player for Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if that player exists, but the Chiefs would be wise to see if they can scout and evaluate and find that player and then, you know, obviously target that person in the draft. You know, you you have to do your due diligence on that side, so I understand it. I don't know if there's going to be a, a, a great free agency market. Guess what, y'all? Orlando Brown is going to be the left, the best left tackle available on the free agency market if he reaches free agency. Now, of course, you can franchise tag him and sort of kick the can down the road in the offseason, but if you trade him – He's on your books until you actually trade him. Um, If you trade him, what are you getting back that's going to help you replace that player? Because, you know, he's trying to protect the greatest asset in the franchise's history. It's it's so complicated. And I know fans want such a simple answer. But if he has a performance like he did Sunday in the playoffs and they lose – I can't guarantee that he's going to be back. And that's yeah. wild because I thought for much of the past offseason, he did have a lot of leverage. And if yeah. he did want to play with Patrick Mahomes, uh, a lot of things were in his favor. But you got to play better. Again, yeah. this comes down to execution more than anything else. And there's been times this year where his execution has been, you know, there's been slippage, I would, I would categorize it as. So last part of my answer. Really quick, three-man rush, you lose instantly. Now your quarterback's scrambling when he doesn't – he doesn't dictate when he's scrambling. He's being forced to scramble. Yep. Then the play continues, and you, again, cannot die a slow death because you can't get between your man and the quarterback. The quarterback has moved up, and so now you have another chance to die a slow death or to make the death a little bit slower. He doesn't do that. Um, It's – it's something that um, 
it's something that's going to have to get better sooner rather than later. And if Patrick can't extend the plays the way he wants, then the Chiefs offense is going to be limited in some capacity because you're going to play the best defenses in January. This ain't the this ain't the Rams, even though the Rams have a, actually a pretty good defense by and large. Okay, this isn't yeah. the Jaguars, right? <laughs> like, you know, this like you're going to play the Broncos on Sunday. The Broncos are going to try to make things, you know, slightly hard. And yeah. it's not like, it's not like the Chiefs blow out the Broncos every year. Um you know, the Broncos have a pretty good defense. You're going to have to yeah. still be executing at a high level, even though on the other side of the ball, we've all seen their offense <laughs> can't score. Um, but on yeah. your job, like the offense still has to, I think, perform at a very high level on Sunday because the Broncos defense is like actually decent to above yeah. average, just like the Bengals, just like the the Bills. Like it's like the, the you, fast. You, you would think the answer would be yes. This late into the season, but it's it's not, BJ. And so if there's any uncertainty, then I have to sort of lean towards no. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. The fascinating part of the whole Orlando Brown, who's the future left tackle for the Chiefs situation, is it's not as simple as fans are like, oh, just draft a left tackle. That's hard, dog. You're at the end of the first round. Yep. You've already gone through free agency. Mm-hmm. So you're banking on and, scouting and seven a, left tackles yes. that you think are better than Orlando Brown Jr. They're in college right now before they ever step foot on an NFL field. That is not feasible. That, there's no way that that is how they're going to plan on this. Is Oh, we're just going to wait for the draft and draft the best guy, and he's the guy. Hey, Brad, that is not how this works at all. <laughs> Who's the best free agent in, at, at left tackle? Looks at right. notes. It's our the, guy. <laughs> <laughs> the only other option, because left tackle, like premier left tackles don't become available in free agency unless they're 38 years. And this could be what you see if they, it's not Orlando Brown Jr. They're going to find a left tackle who's 37, 38, an older player that has been really good that they think could be a spot starter. They will draft someone that they hope develops and can be that guy but you have to sandwich those two things and sign a guy in free agency that you think could play or could start if needed and then try to grab the best player in the draft that you like that all your coaches like Mm -hmm. but that's still a gamble and the only other option is you trade marquee pieces for a player and then it's kind of what they did with Orlando Brown Jr. doing turn around and doing the same thing or you figure out what you're going to pay Orlando Brown Jr. because I would still make the case that if the Chiefs were going to extend them, it may be lower money 
than it was last year. But Orlando Brown Jr. could still get and probably gonna get tore apart for this. Still think he would get more money from the Chiefs than he would anyone else on the open market. I don't think after this season that anyone's going to open. The, he's going to have to have a one-year prove-it deal somewhere else. It's going to be less for, than for what the franchise tag is. Or, so, or it's a, a two-year deal that's masquerading as a one-year deal for cap sort of flexibility reasons yeah. for that team. Well, um, they, they offered him a five-year deal that was masquerading as a lot based on all the reports. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last year was like, we're going to your fifth-year base salary is $75 million. So you're the highest-paid tackle in NFL history. That's yeah. not really how that works. Hey, juking, juking the numbers, man. There's, there's nothing better. How, do, how's the accounting going? Um, I, I just, I, I get the sense of, look, man, like Orlando Brown had all the juice a player could possibly have in this situation in like <clears throat> yeah. March when they franchise tagged him. But the most diabolical thing in the NFL is the franchise tag because things can change quickly. And once again, they could franchise tag you again. Yeah. And, and you'd only cost $20 million. Like, it's not like you're going from 16 to 25. It's 16 to 20. And but guess what? The cap's rising. So if yeah. we don't find a better solution, we can still control your service for one more year because the Players Association are idiots <laughs> when it comes to this if stuff. If he gets franchised, he should sign that tag immediately. <laughs> Like, and then, as, and then, because if but, they find something else better, they get a trade. Like they can pull it. Not yes, that doesn't happen very often, but doesn't happen often. But it is capable. Again, yeah. Th- as as someone who is not an agent, as someone who has no say in all of this, the player association kills ten to twelve guys every year doing this nonsense, letting the owners get away with it, letting general managers have the ability to to use this to their to their advantage. Like if the mechanism's there, I have to do it. Like, I just, hey, you're, you're too good, and I don't want to pay you market rate. So guess what? It's the top <laughs> five, but it ain't top one of the five. Yeah. It's just, it's so stupid. Um, and I, I tell I tell the Player Association all this. I tell them all the time. Until y'all fix this, you guys are never going to be as strong as the Major League Baseball Player Association and never yeah. going to be as strong as the NBA Player Association. So until you get this out of the – CBA, which is never happening. Well, guess yeah. what? Players like Orlando Brown are going to be punished for it, even though they are capable players, even though they should um, get paid with their worth. But the problem is the worth, that value gets kind of muddled because like... But they cave paid. on other things, but then they, they, have, don't, they don't st- yeah. dig their heels in on franchise tag, but they, get, they, they give up on the... Are they lean into the well we don't want padded practices we don't want this at training camp it's just like yes that's nice and everything but you're just going to get hurt you're not going to be ready for the season all the things that yes. you don't like they're going to be ready so get stupid. the money figured out get the money so figured out I, anyway I, I know this is kind of a tangent this is off season so this will be off season KCSN yes. update discussions oh, it's so bad fifth so burning bad. question now that I've got you all riled up <laughs> uh it was actually number four do the do you feel that the Chiefs still went out or do you feel that the Chiefs went out and end up with the number one seed. And and I'll give you some context as to why I'm asking it that way. You look at the Buffalo Bills schedule. Chiefs schedule is easier. They're not playing a Cincinnati Bengals. The best thing they have left on their schedule is the Seahawks. And they haven't been as – they aren't the Bills. They aren't the Bengals. The Chiefs play well. They should win out their last five games. The Bills would have to win out as well to keep the number one seed. They've got the Jets, the Dolphins, the Bears, the Bengals – on the road, or the Bengals are at home, uh, and the Patriots. That's four. three. That's four tough games against yeah. four 
playoff team type teams. Yeah. Four, uh, four teams are yeah, four teams are incentivized to go win. The the, the yes. Bears are not incentivized to go. Right. Hey, hey, Bears keep losing and, <laughs> yeah. and, pro- and protect Justin Fields at all costs. If you got to pull him off the field, pull pull him. Uh, yeah. He's we've defined it. He's good, guys. He's good. Just he's a keep good that player. Man, keep that man healthy, Ryan Poles, <laughs> and, and move forward. Do you do you think the Chiefs end up with the one seed? History says yes, because. Patrick Mahomes exist. <laughs> like, I, I just I don't think they're gonna lose. It now the question becomes do you feel like the Bills are gonna drop one of these games? History says yes for a number of reasons, right? We we've seen this before. Um that was what Patrick Mahomes' first loss in December in two years, something like that. Something something yep. wild. So history says trust that the team you root for Twitter Patrick tells Mahomes. me the Chiefs suck and they need to <laughs> trade everybody. <laughs> 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 Sorry, like, don't trust Twitter for good, anything. It's such a good. I just got what that was gold. That was that was that was immaculate. <laughs> um, yes, history says that like as long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy, and hey, if you get McColl back, if you get Joe Tooney, if if Kadarius Tony shows the production that he showed earlier after the trade, um, then yeah, I would say the Chiefs are expected to win out, and the Chiefs probably will win out. Um, quietly. The Bengals might be better than the Bills, guys. Like, and again, it happens quick. So I'm eager to watch that game because I think that's a week 17 or week 16 game. I can't remember. Um, but that's pretty late in the season. That will have some implications, as they say. It's Monday um, Night Football. Juice it up. Is it in Cincinnati? January 2nd. Yep. Good luck. Good luck, Buffalo. It is. Might do a Chiefs watch party on that day because that's a one seed. Like, oh, that's yeah, it's, a it's, one it's, seed it's, game. It's Circle that rev. game. Yeah, that's and, a big and, one. And the crazy thing, too, is based on how this all plays out, that, that Monday night game will be a preview. And so there'll be a real, like, I don't want to, like, show you everything because, like, we might see each other in the divisional round if we're the two and you're the three or if I'm the three and you're the two based on how this yeah. goes. Like, there's, there's oh going to be some real, some real chicken, some real, like, uh, how much you want to win this game versus like how much you want to win the next game? Um, there's there'd be storylines galore in that because there could be a scenario in which Chiefs have to beat the Titans, the Bengals, and then the Bills to go to the Super Bowl, and yeah. it's just like exercise your demons on this path to just mm-hmm. frustrating games and to watch and matchups that you struggle with. But I don't- yeah, January second, that's going to be a good one. Now Von Miller is 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 not playing right now. He's on IR. That matters. Um, the I don't know how many points the Jets can score, but at least they can score more with the quarterback who's operating the team now than the quarterback who used to operate the team. And their defense is really good. If you watch that Vikings game, because they were the early like primetime game or the early big game before the Chiefs Bengals. Like I yeah. watch that game and I go, oh, the Vikings aren't scoring anymore because, oh, that's right, we've given all we like the scheme has been the scheme can only do so much, you know. Yeah. And so the the Jets had a chance to win that game. I don't know. I mean, it's they benched Bo game. Callahan. <laughs> Dog, oh, <laughs> we're facing another God, Bo please. Callahan on God, Sunday. That is amazing. Did did. did <laughs> So who was at your birthday party? Because was it your <laughs> yeah. teammates or was it other people? Um, I appreciate you so much for getting that reference. Right of course, on, right on yeah, the fly. Of course. Yeah. I mean, like, there's, just... there's a few Bo Callahan's in the league right now. Seems like. 
totally fair. <laughs> totally fair. Um, hey, Bo, who is who is who 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 rides for you, Bo? <laughs> like, <laughs> who who out here riding and 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 dying for you? Um, you know, does it like why is the coach so angry when I call him asking for like another story about just your background? Like, is it because Wisconsin's getting ready to go three and nine next season? Like, because uh, you're not on the team anymore? Or were you a headache for the head coach, too? Um, God, what a time. Um, my dad loves that movie. Like, he, like my dad really? still thinks that, like, that's kind of how the NFL works. And I'm like, uh, yes and no. But sure, I'm going to trade a bunch of draft picks and then be like, hey, go study these guys. <laughs> what? My dad loves that movie. Um, so, with that being said, I think the Chiefs probably win the one seed if they handle their business. Um, yeah. And guess what, Chiefs fans? You should hold them accountable. If they lose one of these games in the next five weeks, then, yeah, you can be just as angry as what you just saw on Sunday because we know who the better team is when they line it up for the next five weeks. We just know that. Um yeah. Now, they need, to, they need to stay healthy, of course, but I do think they'll win out. I am looking forward to Bengals-Bills on Monday Night Football. Um, yep. Maybe we can set something up for that. But, um, yeah. Yeah. The, the the Bills winning out will prove something to me that, I, you know, that I'm, like, interested to see. Like, okay, Bills, how much do you value the one seat? Because will you go balls to the walls? Um, or is, or is, is, the, is, the, is the schedule too tough? Um, to, and that could be a division and, thing, too. It could mm-hmm. be like, do you want a home playoff game or do you want to have to go on the road the entire time because of what the Dolphins have been doing? So, like, yes. it could be like trying to hide stuff, but it might not be wrapped. I mean, there, anything can happen yeah. in the next three weeks, but there could be a lot of different storylines from a lot of different angles. And from the Chiefs' perspective, it could be one seed. It could be shaking out who are you going to play in the first round uh, if you don't have the one seed or if you mm-hmm. if the Chiefs end up dropping a game over the next couple weeks and that game has – there's so many different things that NFL scheduling brutal all year. They nailed that one for Monday night football. Um, last thing I'll say on this is it reminds me of when I used to cover the NBA. It's one of my favorite times of the year is March madness because everybody quietly forgets about the NBA. And it's like, okay, like we watch these younger athletes. Hey, who can be the Cinderella story? How's the final four going to shake out? Obviously KU fans. Um, have reasons to like, hey, this is our season, basically. And that's yeah. cool. And then March Madness ends in like early April, and you're like, oh, that's right. Uh, Kevin Durant doesn't have the one seed right now. Or, oh, LeBron James has to like get his team in order because, you know, the trade deadline and God knows what he did with the team that year. Um, who's going to chase the Warriors down? Who wants to get the two seed so that they wait the longest to see the Warriors back when I covered the league? Um, yeah. So, when March Madness ends, it becomes a real sprint to the playoffs. Yeah. And like for all the talk of like, well, they don't play defense and they only care about it until you get to the playoffs. Well, now the NBA players care because <laughs> it's the yeah. only basketball on television. And yeah. for right now, college football season's over. We all know what the college football playoff is. Shout out to Georgia. They going to dominate everybody. And what it tells you is, is now we are in a real sprint in the AFC. Yeah, the Cowboys are trying to chase the Eagles. That is the only sort of fascinating part of the rest of the NFC schedule. 
but there's real stakes between the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Titans because the Titans will probably win their division. And the Dolphins. They wanna, yeah, and they want to short some things up. Yeah, yeah and, and the Dolphins as well. So it's a real sprint now. These five weeks really matter. This is where football gets to a higher level um, because it's cool when the 10 seed beats the two seed. That ain't happening. <laughs> in the, like when it gets to the NBA sprint, it's like, oh, like the Celtics are really good. Like this isn't a fluke anymore. It's like, yeah, they're really good. So I just get the sense that every team's going to scoreboard watch and that makes that adds an extra yeah. layer to every game. And even though you're playing lesser, maybe inferior opponents, there's still pressure on the Chiefs because they have to win out. There's no other way to get the one seed, I believe, other than you have to win out from this day forth. Yeah, and for the, looking at it from the Bengals' perspective, talk about them for a second. The Ravens, Lamar Jackson, kind of banged up. They're tied with eight, both eight and four records right yeah, now. And you've got the Jets at seven and five. Uh, there's a lot. I think the Super Bowl champions can come out of the, the AFC, and I don't blame Odell Beckham for choosing the NFC. If that's if it does end up with the Cowboys, uh, easier path to get back to another Super Bowl. But that is mm-hmm. Nate Taylor from The Athletic Man. We appreciate you for stopping by again this week. We'll be, hey, be back with you next Tuesday, hopefully talking about uh, domination over the Denver Broncos because that will always be fun. Um, but man, you, everybody listening, go check out Nate's work at the athletic. Nobody does it better covering the Kansas city chiefs and being there inside with the players and coaches. So Nate, man, we appreciate, we appreciate everybody for listening. We'll have more content for you of one-on-one for you later today with Jeff Allen and Mike DeVito and get their perspective on a lot of this and what's going down on social media. I'm sure it's, it's going to continue on for the rest of the day. Um, give us all something to tweet about. You think Jesse Reed gonna talk to us this week, BJ? You think he gonna talk to us? I mean, I want him to because he's again, he's a great hang. But you ask, think, ask Ted, ask Ted, Nate. I don't want to. I don't want to ask Ted. I know what that <laughs> is. He's the one talking. Like you can't then hide him. He's the one who did it. He's the one tweeting about it. Put him out there and let him answer for for what he said. Justin, what he's tweeting. Your, your thoughts on Chiefs Broncos rivalry? Yeah. yeah. Back away. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's Love all we've man. got for today i right, appreciate you man appreciate everybody for watching hit that like subscribe follow us we appreciate you see y'all later have a great tuesday thanks for listening to kc sports network don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well you can find all six of our channels at kcsn covering the chiefs the royals sporting kc and the kc current plus ku k-state or mizzou by searching kcsm wherever you listen to podcasts we're also on youtube entertain educate inform kc sports network